It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from the first one with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music. What's up, y'all? This is DJ Khaled, and this is the first one. I talk to the most iconic artists on the planet about songs that didn't change the game, but changed their life. We hear from all the A-list music stars like J Balvin, Nas, and Kelly Rowland, who tell their stories about their first hits that took them to being overlooked to being overbooked. Join me every Thursday, only on Amazon Music. Hey, where are you going, Jim? The elevator's over here. Taking the stairs. But our meeting's up on eight. Yeah, I know. But that's eight floors up. That's like eight times eight. I don't know. A lot of stairs. That's the point. I've already lost a few pounds and earned almost $100 in wellness incentives. Whoa, you're getting rewarded for working out? Yeah, I know. I'm just as surprised as you are, Bob. Fearless is full of surprises. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits and sign up at fepblue.org slash choose blue by December 11th. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm James Erpine, and we do this every single day. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or at audioboom.com. You can follow me on Twitter at James Erpine, where you can get my latest takes, blog posts at 700 WLW and ESPN 1530. And so much more. Here on Lockdown Bengals, you're going to get exclusive Bengals content interviews that you can't get anywhere else straight from Paul Brown Stadium in downtown Cincinnati. From me to you, we do it every single week. And tomorrow you're going to hear exclusive interviews before the bye week because they moved up media day from Wednesday to Tuesday. So open locker room and all that. I will be there. So stay tuned for that. Look, I, I, I read reviews and I listen to you, and you guys are saying I'm being too negative. Negative. What is James doing? He's just so negative. He just keeps hammering the Bengals and hammering them and hammering them. And while I, I, I guess I understand that, yes, I have been critical, why should I have not been? Like, what have I done that was out of bounds or wrong or inaccurate? The Bengals are 3-4-1. and one. Their wins have came against Miami, Cleveland, and the Jets. Which one of those are good wins? Yes, there, there were times they played well yesterday in some phases, and I will get to those. In fact, you want me to? Fine. The first one, Jeremy Hill ran for almost four yards a carry. Giovanni Bernard yesterday ran for nearly five yards a carry. Running game was effective. A.J. Green had a big game, and Tyler Eifert looked like the Tyler Eifert from last year. 102 yards, a touchdown, nine receptions, was Andy Dalton's safety blanket when he needed him most. I guess the reason I've been so critical is because, well, we didn't expect this Bengals team to be 3-4-1. We didn't expect this Bengals team to struggle as much as it has, and you, along with me, along with pretty much anybody else, didn't expect them to lose or tie Washington. I picked them to win by three. I thought it would be close. I thought they would eke out a win. And I get what you're going to say. Well, James, you blamed Andy yesterday. They lost by three. Isn't that on Mike Nugent? As far as me blaming Andy, I know the team had flaws elsewhere. I know the defense struggled. Okay? I know that Mike Nugent has to hit the extra point. But ultimately, ultimately, are we going to rip the kicker? Are we going to rip the defense? Or... If a simple slant could have been completed to the best, right now, in my opinion, the best wide receiver in the game, the Bengals could have run the clock out, 
Isn't that a play we should worry about? Isn't Andy Dalton getting outplayed by Kirk Cousins something we should worry about? Look, Andy Dalton's been great this year, and I know his offensive line has sucked and his running game has been very inconsistent and most most of the time bad, and he's got new wide receivers and a new offensive coordinator. But he's played well in spite of all those things. He hasn't turned the ball over in spite of all those things. He's completed slants to A.J. Green in spite of all of those things. So yesterday, when that stuff doesn't happen and he turns the ball over, he can't get the ball to A.J. down the field or on a slant on second down, on an out route on third and nine with four minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Yes, yes, I'm going to be bothered by that and call him out. I'm not ripping the Bengals or being mean to Andy Dalton. I don't hate Andy Dalton. In fact, I think I'm being pretty fair. I'm not going to tear down the goalpost when a kicker misses a kick because I know it happens. Just like if Andy missed a couple throws yesterday, that's fine. Missed the slant, that's fine. You had a chance for the out route. Missed the out route, that's fine. You missed two AJ Green, two deep balls down the left side. Missed those, that's fine. You missed Tyler Boyd on a seam route where he was wide open from the slot. Missed that, that's fine. You had a chance. You you guys were in field goal range to give Mike Nugent another shot, and you threw up that loop-de-loop interception. Make another mistake, that's fine. You had the ball on the 50, and you fumbled it. Do you get my point? We're ripping Mike Nugent for missing a kick. The 51-yarder was tough. It's always iffy with 51 yards. That's how it is. The Redskins missed a 55-yarder. We're we're ripping Nugent for missing a kick. And yet, Andy Dalton, well, he missed throw after throw after turnover after throw after throw. And I can't say anything because it's a team game and because the offensive line and because the defense. No, that's not how this works. That's not how this works at all. In fact, I would say Andy Dalton is much more important to the Cincinnati Bengals' success than the kicker. And everybody ripping the defense, they did hold Washington to just three on that final drive when Kirk Cousins was just driving him right downfield, making the throws he needed to make. They did bend, not break in overtime, and gave the ball to Andy twice, twice with the chance to win. So for everybody ripping the defense, ripping Mike Nugent, I get it. I understand it. Yes, the Bengals linebackers, struggling. Yes, the team... They didn't play great yesterday. And yes, a tie, much better than a loss. But they win if Andy Dalton makes one of those five, six, seven throws or doesn't turn the ball over. That was my point yesterday. That's been my point, and it will continue to be my point. I will stand by that. But you want positivity. Here's some positive news. The Bengals didn't lose. A loss, to me, would have put them out of the race. A loss, to me, would have ended it. They wouldn't have had a chance to make a run at the playoffs. A tie, well, it's better than a loss. It isn't a win. It doesn't put them in position to potentially be in a a tie with the Steelers after week eight or after week nine, rather, for first place. But it keeps them alive. Your Cincinnati Bengals today are still alive. And Baltimore and Pittsburgh will play this week, this coming week in week nine. And no matter who wins, it's going to help you in some way. You'd probably prefer, since the Steelers are in first place, that they lose. But the Bengals still have a chance. They're going to have to make a run here. And they start out primetime Monday night against the New York Giants. So, yeah, they're going to have to make a run. And are they capable of doing that? I'm not sure. That's why I'm negative. I'm not sure if your Bengals can make a run with the current roster they have. Because Andy Dalton does have to make those throws. 
And he does have to play turnover-free football for the Bengals to compete and beat a team like the Redskins. Can you imagine what he has to do to beat the top teams in the AFC? Top teams like New England? He'd have to be lights out. Maybe that's unfair. One way the Bengals could get better is the trade deadline. Trade deadline coming up here in just uh, tomorrow, actually. And, and I look, and it, it's funny, the Browns just made a trade, a third-round pick for linebacker Jamie Collins of the Patriots, a 27-year-old former pro bowler. And I'm, oh, man. It's a former second-round pick, and they, they gave up a third to get him. And, and it's clear, the Patriots don't want to pay Collins. I think he's in a contract year. And Hugh Jackson and the, the Browns need as much talent as they can get, especially young, experienced talent like Jamie Collins. I look at that and I'm, oh. If the Browns can make a trade like this with compensatory picks, the Bengals have to be on the phone, right? They have to be considering something, whether it's an offensive lineman like Joe Staley from San Francisco who would be great at tackle, whether it's a a wide receiver that could maybe give your offense the boost it needs or a linebacker or a pass rusher. they got to consider it, right? I've, I've talked about this multiple times. They need to go get someone. Everyone blames the coaching, or you're going to blame the offensive line, or the linebackers, or the quarterback, or the weapons, or the wide receivers. I get it. So how do you change that? Well, you can't change the coaches midseason. You're not going to fire Marvin Lewis midseason. You know what you're going to do? You're going to make a trade. Marvin Lewis, Mohamed Sanu, even Andre Smith left via free agency. They're going to have at least two, two comp picks, and I could be wrong. It might even be more than that. Oh, yeah, and Reggie Nelson. So they'll probably get three comp picks this year in return for the free agents that left last season. With that being said, if that's the case, the Bengals should make a run at trading some of their draft picks for guys who can help them now. Because if you're going to make a run, I'm not sure the team we saw yesterday, in fact, I don't think the team we saw yesterday is good enough. But for all of those who are defending Andy Dalton for me repping him, could you imagine Joe Staley, who's basically the Andrew Whitworth of the San Francisco 49ers as far as a veteran goes, former pro bowler, really solid offensive lineman, good off the field, not bringing any issues with him, putting him there, Could you imagine what that would do to this offensive line? How much that could benefit Andy Dalton? What about on defense? Yeah, we saw the defense struggle yesterday. What if they traded for Miami's Cameron Wake? I know it seems out there. It's something the Bengals don't normally do. But man, don't they have to consider it? After everything they lost in the offseason, knowing what we've seen through eight games this season, a 3-4-1 record, the teams they've beat versus the teams they've lost to, don't you think that maybe a shot in the arm with a, a veteran player that can boost or the offensive line or plug a weakness on defense, don't you think they have to consider that? This isn't fantasy football. This isn't me being a fantasy GM. I think it's something the Bengals certainly should consider. They should be on the phone right now. And yes, if they can make something happen for a third-round pick for Joe Staley, fourth-round pick for Joe Staley, guy like Cameron Wake, heck, Brandon Marshall, oh, Now I'm thinking fantasy, right? Bottom line is, if you can go get a player that's going to bolster your roster and give you a shot in these next eight games when you have plenty of draft picks, plenty of draft picks in the upcoming draft, knowing how little your draft picks in recent years have contributed, why wouldn't you do it if you're supposed to be a contender, if the goal is to make the playoffs and make a run when you get to January? Because right now they're not on pace. Right now they what, seven and eight and one maybe, eight seven and one. So, I think they should do it. 
What do you think? Tweet me, at James Erpine. I certainly want you to tweet me. Feedback from the show, as always. I try to be positive, guys. But if there's not a lot to be positive about, my job is to tell you how it is. This isn't the Locked On fan of the Bengals podcast. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast. And I'm going to tell you if things are good, bad, indifferent. And, and, and that's all there is to it. Now, you may disagree, and that's great. Disagreement, I, I don't want you to always agree because it's not fun that way. So keep it locked on, Bengals. We're a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the fastest-growing podcast network in the world today. I'm James Erpine. Follow me on Twitter, at James Erpine. Like I said, tomorrow, well, you're going to hear from Cincinnati Bengals tomorrow. I'll be in the locker room. You'll hear from them. Andy Dalton, Marvin Lewis, maybe. And we'll get so much more as we roll on. I'm James Erpine, and until tomorrow, this is the Locked On Bengals podcast. I appreciate you listening. Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wild card exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason? Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020, and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers, and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.